0: Welcome to We The People, I'm Sarah Jacob. Schools in Delhi have been closed for the last 21 months. That's almost two years of no school. That's one generation of students who are turning five who have never seen the inside of a classroom. Almost two years of no school. Do you remember your first school teacher? Well, there's an entire batch of students who have never physically met their nursery school teacher. And they've graduated on to the next class. Schools in Delhi have been closed for the last 21 months. First, because of the pandemic. Then, because of the second wave. And now they're being kept closed in the name of pollution. So, is the education of our children the foremost concern for us as a society and our governments? Or is it our lowest priority? That's the question we have on We The People tonight. We have students, teachers, parents, educationists, pediatricians lined up to try and uh, help us answer this question. So let's get started. Uh, various school bodies and parents of students have been pushing for the reopening of educational institutions. Dharani Mathur, a lawyer by profession and the parent of a KG student, is one of them. She joins us now. Dharani Mathur, thank you for your time. You are one of uh, about uh, 530 parents of Delhi-based school-aged children who wrote to the Delhi Commission for, for the Protection of Child Rights this week, seeking its intervention in this matter. What did your representation say?
1: Behind closing schools um, as a measure of protection, protecting our children from pollution is really not clear at all. Um, indoor air for most children in Delhi is the same as outdoor air uh, because it's only a minuscule population, um, percentage of Delhi's population that really has access to air purifiers at home. So um, honestly, the rationale was not clear at all. And um, you know what you just said about learning losses, 600 plus days of school closure for two reasons, um, have just meant that losses keep mounting. Um, so frustrated by sort of the open and shut orders, uh, we prepared this petition to DCPCR because we really wanted to bring forth a robust discussion on um, the aspects of the children's fundamental rights, their welfare, and balance that with other considerations. For example, if traffic was a concern, um, it's not clear why schools need to be sort of the lowest hanging fruit and you shut them down at the first, um, you know, the first response. Um, perhaps adults who are in non-essential functions in government or private offices could have been asked to stay home instead of children who've already suffered. Um, so really, we wanted DCPCR um, as the, as the body that represents children and their rights. To bring forth this discussion um, in, in the matter before the Supreme Court, and now I, I suppose they are—you um, know—Supreme Court has said that the Central Commission on Air Quality needs to um, look at all these facts. Uh, we hope that they will and that they will reopen schools because this open and shut thing is just frustrating for little children and for all others as well.
0: Uh, Dadi, I just want to understand this. The point you're making here is that closing school will not. Uh, provide any significant health benefits to most school-going children in Delhi. On the contrary, they're, of course, suffering from learning and health losses. But Dharani, you're a parent. I know you, I mean, the most important thing for you is the health of your child, I'm guessing. So how do you balance this out? Because people, uh, I mean, how can we say that staying at home is not going to keep you safer?
1: Absolutely, Sarah. I think there are two aspects to this. And you know, crit- what is critical, I think, is choice. Uh, and the parent is the right person to make the choice um, whether the child needs to be, uh, has better air at home and therefore needs to stay home. Or um, at the moment, there are COVID protocols in place. Children have to wear masks in school. So for more children who do not have better air at home, they are arguably better off wearing an N95 mask and being in school and continuing learning. Rather than so, being So you're saying
0: when you're at home in a closed space, you're breathing the same air, it gets compounded than when you're outdoors and when you're in school where you have to wear masks. I mean, are there any studies that have shown this, for example?
1: Yes, yeah, so um I think recently there was a University of Chicago study that was published. They studied air quality in Delhi over two over a two year period. And um and the conclusion, the, the, the main conclusion is that indoor air is and at for several points in time, worse, in fact than outdoor air, um, and so you know the the logic or the science behind mandating children stay home doesn't seem to make sense. Um, I'm not saying that's always the case. I'm sure there are parents who can provide for better air at home, and maybe they should be given the choice to keep their children at home. Maybe their children with asthma and they need to have that choice. But for special needs children, for example, there is an overwhelming need to be in school or I as a parent may feel that putting a mask on my kid and sending him to school for two hours, given the mounting you know, mm-hmm. developmental losses over the last two years, is perhaps the better choice for my child. But really the parent needs to be able to make the choice and it shouldn't be for authorities or for courts to be making that determination.
0: So for 90% of students who don't have air purifiers at home, it doesn't make sense keeping them back home because if... Pretty much breathing the same air than they would be uh, in school uh, or at home. All right, understood. Uh, Tanya Agarwal is a, is also a parent who is a signatory to this representation made to the D.P. Uh, D.C.P.C.R. and to the C.A.Q.M. Uh, she's also a lawyer. She joins us and a parent of a six-year-old child. So, Tanya, first I want to ask you, as a lawyer, uh, what does this prolonged closure of schools mean to you know uh, the right? That we have in india that a child has a right to an education
2: they do have a right to an education and that has to be looked at as a right to a meaningful education now there have been several reports uh, saying that many kids in india don't even have access to the online form and even if they do have access um i think i mean i can speak for younger kids it's not very efficient for them So this is not a meaningful education. I think young kids particularly also learn from each other. And that's completely missing. What can they learn, you know, from a grid of Zoom boxes? Obviously, that learning is very limited. And like I said, for many, there is no access. So obviously, there is an infringement of what our children are entitled to.
0: And I, I want to ask you, you know, uh, you're a lawyer, you're clearly working, and you talked about younger children and how it's much harder for them to access an online education. You have a six-year-old uh, who's at home now and not going to school. So how are you uh, How are you managing work? Uh, and I'm assuming this is the situation for working mothers across uh, the capital and the national capital region, with younger children especially.
2: Um, yeah, I, I would think this is a problem. I mean, it's been almost two years. So it's very tough to manage. Um, And there are three basic problems that I face that there's no physical activity for my child, because there's no school, there's no peer interaction. And obviously, there's a risk of academic loss. Now the school is trying pretty hard. But my child, he's six, he's unable to focus on a grid of zoom boxes. So I have to sit with him or at least be close enough. To assist. So th- there's the morning gone right there, right? Now online hours are much less than the physical would have been. So obviously there's a need for some supplementary teaching. You have to supervise homework and that's just the academic part. And I have an only child. So, you know, now to get the peer interaction and the physical activity, which today I feel is more important than the academic part at his age. Um, You know, organize trips to the playground, organize meetups with other kids, just get him that company and the physical activity that he needs. So basically everything that you depend on a school for, you know, to provide that environment, we have to now recreate that at home. And I think with many things, the burden disproportionately, and this could vary from household to household, but would fall more on the mother. And obviously, you know, the added stress of all this now takes a toll. So you reach a point where you wonder that can you keep up with your job with the rat race and ensure that, yeah. you know, your child is healthy and is Absolutely. learning. And offices are now calling people back. I mean, how yeah. are people supposed to manage? And how many of these decision makers in the Supreme Court or in the government, how many of them are working women? Right. So
0: and it's been going on two years now. So I can understand uh, an office saying, you know, three months, we can give you some leeway, cut down your hours, etc. But at the end of it, uh, two years, we have to get back to whatever we thought was normal. So there is a fallout. There are reverberations of this. And we have not just a generation of students. It's also, uh, uh, you know, uh, a generation of working mothers who are taking a hit and are definitely affected. Let's bring in another mom, Upasna. Mahatani Lutra is the director of Gurgaon Moms. Thanks so much, uh, Upasana, for your time. I, I want to first just um, go over the history or uh, uh, you know what happened over the past few months, for example. Last month, after over 600 days of closure, let's take a look at these numbers. Let's pull up our graphics if we have it. Um, over COVID concerns, the Delhi Disaster Management Authority authorized the reopening of schools for all classes right, on the 1st of November. But then we had a spike in air pollution that forced them to close two weeks later on the 13th. So ironically, schools were kept closed for 20 months only to be reopened around Diwali, coinciding with that annual pollution cycle. So they were opened again on the 29th of November, only then to be shut three days later and children were then sent home uh uh on the second of December. This was after the Supreme Court wrapped the Delhi government and the centre over steps being taken or not being taken to tackle air pollution in the capital. So really I mean when I even look at these number, these dates, I feel like what a yo-yo, what a roller coaster ride. So much confusion there must be for these, you know, young minds and for these kids. So Pasna, I wanna ask you first, how did you explain all of this to your child? That's a lot of disappointment for, you know, someone to face at such a young age and I know the reality is kids have, we want them, this is what it's going to be in life, but we also try and shelter our kids at this age.
3: So, Sarah, thank you so much for taking up this topic, first of all. And uh, it's been tough enough to explain what COVID is, why we're at home, why they can't go out. And I'm a mom to a special needs child. So, these children have a lot of uh, challenges with attention and focus. And in person itself, it's difficult to engage them. Yeah. So with online school, it's a whole new ball game, right? And so, yeah, so then to tell them, okay, now you have holidays because of pollution. And then we are going back to the computer school or to the laptop school. It's so difficult for us to accept that, you know, I really don't know how it plays on their mind. And uh, with special needs children, uh, Sarah, the main issue is, With neurotypical children, if their progress and growth is like from A to Z, Hmm. for a neurodiverse child, it's like from A to B with online school. So it's staggered, it can even plateau, and it can even like just become, uh, you know, it can even digress at some points. So especially since we're talking about young children, the first school you're showing them is a screen. Some Hmm. of them have never even used a laptop you know.
0: And we so, tried so hard what? to keep them away from screens.
3: Exactly, exactly. Well, that the whole of uh, last two years has been uh, all screens, I would say, but yeah. uh, it was like a little glimmer of hope and pollution just snuffed it out. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, uh, Vrinda Saroop joins us, a former education secretary for the government of India. Miss Saroop, you know, unfortunately, seems education has become the first victim of the government's pollution response because of this pandemic first. Then, like I said, the second wave. Now they're being kept uh, home from school in the name of pollution. I want to ask you the question we started this show with. Is the education of our children our foremost concern for us as a society? Is that why we're keeping them home? Because we're concerned about their health? Or is it just a case of it being our government's lowest Priority. I ask this because, you know, I can finish the show tonight. I can leave and I can go into a mall, a window shop if I have to, possibly get a meal outside, go get a drink at a bar, but my child cannot go to school tomorrow.
4: I completely agree with the latter proposition that you're making, that I think the children's right to education has completely gone for a six. You know, it just underlines that they're a voiceless, um, uh, you know, uh, body of uh, people who are not heard, who cannot be articulated. Parents mm. certainly speak, but parents are divided yeah. over most of these responses. But I think most seriously, um, the COVID and this on and off business that today it's pollution, tomorrow it's some other scare and so on and so forth this this unpredictability this confusion which is created has also taken a huge toll on the on the students um, you know emotionally socially um and of course their learning levels i think is universally acknowledged have taken a real real hit so i think this is one perspective parents as you are hearing mothers you know uh, the anxiety on and off, on and off, uh, getting prepared for the child psychologically to go to school and then
0: suddenly having to pull that child back. Mr. Roof, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, to understand, some, you know, you've been former education secretary, so I'm trying to understand what the government's response should be Uh, to this what they could possibly be thinking because we understand the enormity of the pollution crisis and the risk it poses to our children's health yet at the same time we saw on the 22nd of November construction and other activities were reallowed because there was a minor improvement in the AQI levels right but nobody seems to be speaking like you said for the children the education department our education secretaries the governments don't seem to be saying you know why prioritize construction in the capital, why not prioritize children and education in schools, or give them an equal priority, if not a greater priority? I think Whose governments job is are being
4: overcautious. Out? I think governments are being overcautious okay. on this. There was enough medical opinion at one point, and I think it still is that it, it's not to, something to get spooked. Where children can go to school with the requisite protocols. And I agree with pollution, you know, you, you can restrict children activities in school, don't go out for games, don't go out for exercise. Sure, you can manage all these things. But I think the education departments have to be more forceful about this. Hmm. And, I, and I completely agree with you that they have to raise their voice and say this is priority, the kids are suffering. Uh, you know, two year, uh, children haven't been to school for two years. The, the new admit, admitted children two years ago, haven't seen a school at all. Yeah. And those who were in school, especially the younger kids, their, the regression in learning is amazing. And how do so, you catch up? And so now schools were planning on how to be able to, and I think governments were urging them, but have some bridging, have some refreshers, let the children get used to being on, in class again. And can you imagine how difficult it is for school management's? Uh, To be able to arrange today for a school opening with all COVID precautions, blah, blah, blah. And then tomorrow it's called off for some other reason. The buses are there. Suddenly they have no kids today. Mm -hmm. So it is causing a lot of confusion in the education machinery also. And I don't think this is desirable at all. We okay, but the point you're it.
0: making here is speaking for the authorities that possibly they're being overcautious because these are, of course, children we're talking about. So they have to be absolutely sure that you can send them out. Let's bring in Dr. Jessel Set is a senior consultant uh, and a pediatrician at Fortis Hospital in Mumbai. Uh, doctors, uh, our children have suffered... Significantly, from one of the longest pandemic-induced school closures in the world, possibly right. But the fact is, we talk about how children's lungs are not fully developed. Um, we've talked about studies showing the importance of early years in the formation of a school-going child, uh, the, the impact of long-term closure of primary school, especially the effect it has, the detrimental effect it has on the learning of young children. But what about, uh, you know, what about their lungs? They are not fully developed. Is it safe? What what would you do if you were a
5: child? Yeah. So so basically, air pollution is not a new subject. If you really Google, there is a lot of, you know, um, uh, guideline by the WHO in 2016. 90% of the children are exposed to some kind of the air pollution at some point of the life. It is much more worse in the metro cities. So here, you know, we are actually mixing a lot of subjects, you know, uh, and I'm not sure why number one if we think that this air pollution we are protecting the children by air you know from air pollution by keeping them at home uh, is it a te- air pollution is a temporary problem and if air pollution is a problem then instead of stopping the children to go to the school probably mm. we all have to work you know extremely hard to reduce the air pollution and we all know why it happens in the first place now about the development yes the air pollution has a significant health, uh, effect on the health of the adults as well as children uh, the studies uh, have demonstrated that if they are exposed to too much of the air pollution in the young age, you know, especially less than five years, then they are going to have long-term consequences on the lungs, heart, their uh, memories, cognitive functions, school performances. They can develop more cardiovascular effects, but these all are long-term effects. But hmm. uh, What, so what would had... you say to the parents who had pointed out, uh, written a
0: representation, saying that studies have shown that the air quality is the same at home, or uh, whether it's at school, for that small, tiny sliver, top, you know, 1% who have air purifiers, for the rest of the 90%, the air quality is the same at home.
5: Would exactly. you say send them to
0: school? Maybe don't do physical education classes, keep them in, in their classrooms?
5: Not, not at all. I think, uh, you know, if we continue this online education and if the children would like you know, of uh, all these uh, activities, physical activities, exposure to the real life, interactions with, you know, the peers, uh, I think at some point children are going to be uh, intellectually very, very, you know, low because, you know, I think they are now getting more and more addicted to to all these screens and There is a lot of challenges to, you know, refrain from the screens. Even as the adults, what we are, we are also spending a lot of time on the screen. Mm. Children are spending far more time on the screen than what they should be. It Mm. is the time to send the children to school. All right. Air pollution is not a, a, you know, acute problem. It should be tackled properly by all the measures, but it has nothing to do with children, you know, stopping the children to go into the school.
0: Okay. Uh, Anumita Roy Choudhury is the Executive Director of Research and Advocacy at the Center for Science and Environment. They've done seminal work on uh, the issue of uh, pollution and what we need to, um, uh, to control our pollution levels. Anumita Roy Choudhury, uh, schools have to stay shut, but the pollution panels and the Supreme Court, all of them seems to seem to be rethinking the building ban. CSE has done many studies talking about what adds to pollution in, uh, in, our, in our atmosphere. Uh, one of the reasons for keeping kids at home is that they have to travel to school and that adds to vehicular pollution. Isn't vehicular pollution one of the largest contributors to pollution in Delhi? In that context, your thoughts
6: on this uh, argument, the show? So, absolutely. So, I fully empathize with what teachers and parents have just said. Now in this context, when we look at the pollution story of Delhi and NCR, what is very clear that the pollution levels during winter, which is hugely high, but let me point out because all of us are discussing today the emergency action. And in that context, how do we understand the local sources of pollution? Now what is the logic is not clear this year that why emergency action has been taken uh, uh, when we know, uh, with no, there's no clear logic in it because there is a graded response action plan which has very clearly predefined the action you need to take for severe and very severe category. Hmm. But hmm. when it happened in Delhi, and uh, just after Diwali, we did not take that action. We took the action post script. And today when I'm looking back and we looked at the data for past half, one week, the levels are in very poor category, even yesterday it came down to poor. It is not a severe and severe plus hmm. now, according to graph, which has been notified by supreme i mean under the direction of the Supreme Court, very clearly says that when the levels come down, you have to withdraw the emergency action. Hmm. but this time we have not understood that reason. but having said that, the pollution sources that you' are talking about in Delhi. Vehicles are certainly, and particularly now the science is so clear, that the daily and the hourly data that the Indian Institute of Tropical Meteorology puts out shows Mm. that during this early part of the winter, the vehicle's contribution during this smog episode has been nearly half, if you compare the local sources of Delhi. Mm. But a lot of pollution is also coming from outside Delhi, which means that we are taking this drastic and which is disruptive action during winter as an emergency, just because we have not been able to implement our comprehensive action plan, which is meant to be the -the round-the-year action, targeted each and every sources, and across 24 districts of NCR and in Delhi. So clearly what it means, even next year we are going to have the same conversation. If we do not use the current emergency to ensure That okay. we really okay. start the action right away. Okay, uh, Dharni Mathur. Then I want to give a closing
0: words to you. What is the solution then? If the authorities are saying that they want to keep vehicles off the streets, that's why schools should be closed.
1: I think Sarah, this goes back to what you highlighted earlier. It's a matter of priorities, right? Our children cannot be our lowest priority. So if we um, want to keep traffic off the roads maybe there's another set of the population like you know adults who will not learn lose earnings or who can easily work from home people who work in industries that permit that um i for one have been working from home for two years so it's possible um and that is probably keep more traffic off the roads. children use school buses and at the moment it's 50 um you know capacity in schools so Again, the logic is not clear. And I think what like I said before, this and, and as Ms. Jodhri pointed out, this is a long term problem. Every year we can't open and shut food like this. We need to find a solution that works. And our children absolutely cannot see, you know, the the lowest hanging fruit. The first thing you do is, you know, keep them home. That just can't be the case. We need to rethink it. Um and just because they lack a voice and a vote, they can't be the ones who suffer this uh, the worst. So I think we need longer term um, action, but even the immediate emergency response can't focus on kids. And like UNICEF said, schools should be the last to close and the first to open. And we just have not done that. I think we might be failing our kids.
0: Like like it is the case in many other countries in the world, but as you point out, uh, you know no one's speaking up for for students. Uh, let's at least try and do that on this show. I'm going to end by going over to Navya Sethia. She's a student and Neharika Amte. Um, your thoughts, your students, uh, Neharika. You're a 12th grade student. Um, your thoughts on this issue: children, students paying the price for an environmental crisis also caused by adults. Uh, how do you feel about this? you know, the chaos, the confusion you've had to face over the past two years with your schools opening and closing and opening and closing.
5: Good evening, everybody. I'm Navya Setia and I study in Safran Public School, Fagwada and I stay in hostel here. So for me, it's been very hard. Like I have to uh, go back home and come back here every month uh, or so as like, it's in different states. All right. I study in Punjab, but I live in Haryana. So it's, difficult for me the accommodation and everything so okay uh, and neharika um, even though school is quite close by at the same time it's confusing to say the least that one day schools open the next everyone's falling sick so it's it's closing again and that is definitely a hindrance when it comes to education because as everyone has already said it is it's absolutely essential to actually go to campus and learn because that's where we truly learn and especially because i'm in 12th grade Or even considering high school in general from 9th to 12th, it is more than important for us to be there to generally understand because how many more years are going to go in, you know, this entire situation when we're losing out on on our education and universities invalidating our reports solely because exams were given online. So it has, there's been quite a problem. Yes, I will, I will agree to that.
0: All right. Uh, well, we're running out of time, but we're going to try and keep this conversation going as uh, the issue is going to come up again in court in January, in February. We're going to see the worst months of pollution. Uh, a lot of. Let's try and keep this conversation going and keep uh, the the spotlight on this issue because the education of our children needs to be prioritized. Thank you all for joining us on We the People, the show where we believe it's important to speak up, but it's also important to listen. Thank you all. 拜拜